Just want to welcome those who are watching online as well as we go into second week of our series on life and faith. And as everyone else in the room brings it back in, this morning uh, Cam is going to be sharing with us on the topic of who is Jesus following the introduction last week on what life is all about. And so, uh, whether you're watching online or in the room here, I'd love you to turn your eyes to the screen as our introduction for this talk. And kill Spotify music. Thanks. Who is Jesus? Um, uh, um, uh, I think, uh, uh, I believe he was a person. Um, he is the son of God. I don't believe Jesus ever really existed. Son of God. If I have to answer that question, I would say God. Uh, he plays on the wing for Chelsea. If you read the Bible, I don't think I believe in all of that. Everything. <laughs> he can be any, but for me, he's everything. Who is Jesus? To be honest with you, I don't know. I'm not super religious or anything, so. I mean, I guess he's a savior or something. <laughs> Personally, I think that Jesus was probably a really cool dude who lived a long time ago and gave great advice to people, and it snowballed from there. Cool. Morning, church. How are we doing? Uh, my name's Cameron, uh, if you don't know me, and I'm going to be sharing about who is Jesus today. Now, I come from a Christian background. I was brought up as a Christian, and my parents and all my immediate family are Christian. Um, in everything that I've ever done, I've always been able to surround myself with Christians. And when you're raised a certain way and you experience life a certain way, it, it shapes you. Whilst I like to think of myself as a critical thinker, when it came to faith, especially at a young age, I was walking blindly. I knew in, in my heart what I believed was real, but I had no sort of backing to support that. This was first challenged when I was in high school, and I had a friend called Zach, not this Zach, another Zach, um, and yeah, he was, he was a pretty great guy, but he, he didn't believe in God at all. Um, one day at school we were chatting, and he started asking me, how on earth... I could believe in a God. I don't really remember what I would have said to him, but I can imagine my answer would have been something along the lines of, I don't know, I just do. Fast forward a few more years and I'm at university. Um, I'm feeling like I'm beginning to mature, beginning to understand a little bit more. I know about my faith and why I believe in it, but guess what? The questions of my friends had become harder and more informed. I had a couple of friends I'd made... Um, during my studies who were adamant atheists and would challenge me by bringing up biblical conundrums and the fallibility of the church and enjoy painting a picture of a world without God. These discussions that we had usually involved a lot of them talking and me listening, but that would still stir up a war inside of myself. I knew what I believed in my heart to be true, but why can't I prove it in my words and why can't I prove it in my own mind? Now, what evidence is there for Christianity? You can't prove Christianity mathematically. You can't prove it scientifically. Science, of course, is absolutely important. It's fantastic. But science answers different questions to faith. Science answers the questions like, when and how did this world come into being? What it can't answer is who and why. Now, I've got a visual aid here. I don't know if everyone will be able to see it, but this is a painting. 
Now, supposing we sent this painting off to some scientists. Here, I'll hold it up a little bit so you can see it's just a painting. Um, suppose we sent it off to some scientists. Um, they would be able to, after some analysis, tell you the types of paint that we used, probably the colours that we used. They, would, they should be able to tell you the techniques that we used and the, the brushes used in its creation. Um, they'd probably also be able to work out when it was made, but they wouldn't be able to tell you who made it or why it was made. They could make informed guesses, I suppose, and maybe get it right, but only the creator can truly tell you who made it and why. And because I was the painter, I can only tell you that it was me who made it and why I made it. It's the same as the world we live in. Only the creator can reveal who made this world and why he made it. The claim of Christianity is that he has done that, that the creator has revealed himself, and he's revealed himself in the person of Jesus. Now, there's a big difference between science and faith. Science is, is really important because it deals with the scientific questions. What was made? How was it made? When was it made? But equally, faith is really important because it answers some of those other fundamental questions about life. And everyone has a faith. An atheist has a faith that there is no God. And those of us who do believe in Jesus must do so through the basis of evidence. Now, when it comes to evidence, I don't think that you necessarily have to be a Christian based on a blind leap of faith. I believe it's a step of faith that you take when it comes to following Jesus. And you make sure that that step of faith is based on good historical evidence. Um, just to kind of let you know, so historical evidence is evidence. It's, it's different to scientific evidence. Um, for instance, in a courtroom, a lawyer uses what you might call historical evidence. Um, and every time a jury brings back a verdict, they're doing it on the basis of what has happened before in history. It's evidence of history. Um, the resurrection of Jesus strongly suggests that this world has a creator and that the creator is to be seen in terms of or through the lens of Jesus. And you, now, you can't really get to know someone unless they reveal themselves to you. And no one can get to know you unless you reveal yourself to them. If there is a God and he wanted to reveal himself to us, what would be the best way to do that? It seems logical that he would reveal himself in a way that we could understand like a human being, like us. So what is the evidence? Well, first of all, what's the evidence that Jesus even existed in the first place? Some people say, well, you know, maybe, maybe he didn't exist, but there is overwhelming historical evidence. No serious historian would suggest that Jesus didn't exist. Firstly, we know from outside of the Bible, outside of the New Testament, that Jesus existed from historians like Tacitus and Suetonius. Um, there was a first century Jewish historian called Josephus who wrote this about Jesus. There was about this time Jesus, a doer of wonderful works. He then goes on to talk about the crucifixion of Jesus and his alleged resurrection. So there's evidence outside the New Testament, but most of our evidence comes from inside the New Testament. Now, of course, it was written a long, long time ago, and people say, how do we know that what we have here, what, what we have in our Bibles, hasn't been changed over the years. And the answer we, is, is we do know. There is the science called textual criticism. Examines the number of copies of early text. 
texts that we have available to us today. And it looks at the time gap between the original document and the earliest copy that we have. And basically, the more manuscripts we have and the earlier they are, the less doubt there's going to be about the original. So let's compare the Bible to other texts in ancient history, ones that are widely used in schools and universities. Let's look at the Greek historians Herodotus and Thucydides. They both wrote in the 5th century BC. But the earliest copy of their writings that we have dates from AD 900, and that makes a 1,300-year time lapse. And even then, we only have eight copies of these manuscripts in the first place. Or look at the Roman historian Tacitus. There's a thousand-year gap between his book being written and our first manuscript, and we only have 20 copies. Or another classic, Caesar's Gallic War, 950 years between the book being written and our first manuscript copy. And even then, we only have nine or ten copies of these manuscripts. Again, with Livy's famous history of Rome, a 900-year gap between the book being written and our first manuscript, and we only have 20 copies of this. But when it comes to the New Testament, well, it's very different. The New Testament was written between about 40 and 100 AD, and we have manuscript evidence going back as early as 130 AD, and full manuscripts by 350 AD. And we have more than 5,300 Greek manuscripts, 10,000 Latin translations, and 9,300 others. So, you know, we can be pretty confident in the accuracy, the authenticity, and the integrity of the New Testament scriptures that have been passed down to us today. The remarkable thing about the Bible is there's such a short chronological distance between the events being described and our first manuscripts. So in many ways, the Bible scholars are in a very fortunate position of being able to check these things out and finding that they are much more reliable than, for example, some of the alternatives you're looking at. And as a scholar, I am more than happy to say, I trust this, I take it very, very seriously, I rely on it. It's pretty cool, right? One of the greatest ever textual critics, F.J.A. Hort, said this, In a variety and fullness of the evidence on which it rests, the text of the New Testament stands absolutely and unapproachably alone amongst ancient prose writings. And no secular historian would disagree with that. So we know from evidence, both outside and inside the New Testament, that Jesus existed. But who is he? We know he was fully human. He had a body, emotions, experiences. But many today would say, yes, he was a human being. We know he existed. Maybe he was a great human being. Maybe he was a great religious teacher. But no more than that. To suggest that he was the son of God, to suggest he's God, that's going too far. And I think that's the perspective that my university friends had. Now, there's two main parts to this argument. First part is, what did Jesus think about himself? Because if Jesus didn't think that he was God, that's the end of the argument. And if he did, the second part of the argument is, what, was he right? So what did Jesus say about himself? Um, the Bible has a number of incidents where Jesus tells people who he is in, in a number of different ways. We have um, in John 6, where Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. He said, come to me, all you, who are, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Pretty big claims. But the biggest claim Jesus made of himself is in John 10, verses 30 to 33. He starts off by saying, 
I and the Father are one. This was a claim that was basically saying that he was God. It was blasphemy in the eyes of the people at the time, and they picked up stones to stone him. To which Jesus says, I've shown you many great miracles from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? And then continues on to say, We're not stoning you for any of these, they replied, but for the blasphemy, because you, a mere human being, claim to be God. I think if you look at all the evidence, it's clear that Jesus didn't make that, uh, did make that claim. It's an astonishing claim. But of course, a claim like this needs to be tested. And really, if you think about it, there's only three possibilities. Either it was true, and Jesus knew, oh sorry, either it wasn't true, and Jesus knew perfectly well it wasn't true, in which case he was a fraudster or a charlatan. Or else it wasn't true, and Jesus didn't know, in which case, and he genuinely thought he was God, in which case he was deluded or insane. But logically, there's only really one other possibility, and that is, it is true. I love the way C.S. Lewis, the author of the Chronicles of Narnia, among other things, puts it. A man who was merely a man and said the things of Jesus, said the sort of things Jesus said, would not be a great moral teacher. He'd either be insane or else he'd be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God or else insane or something worse. But let's not come up with any patronizing nonsense about this being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Uh, this is then echoed in an awesome quote from Bono that, in which he says, um, I don't think you're let off easily by saying Jesus was a great thinker or philosopher because actually he went around saying he was the Messiah. That's why he was crucified. He was crucified because he said that he was the Son of God. So either in my view, he was the Son of God or he was nuts. And I find it hard to accept that whole millions and millions of lives, half the earth for 2,000 years, have felt their lives touched and inspired by some nutter. So the second part of the argument, was he right in what he said about himself? Where's the evidence? What's the evidence to support his claims? This is where we look at his teaching. The teaching of Jesus is widely acknowledged to be some of the greatest teaching of all time. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do to other people as you would have them do to you. And then this totally revolutionary um, idea, the first person ever to say this, love your enemy. Jesus' teaching has been the foundation of our entire civilization in the West. Many of our laws were originally founded on the teaching of Jesus, and we've advanced in nearly every field of science and technology. Just, just think about it. You know, over the last 10 years, how much advancement has happened. Yet, in 2,000 years, no one has ever improved on the moral teaching of Jesus. They're some of the greatest words ever spoken. They're the kind of words you'd expect God to speak. And then secondly, we can look at his life. Look at what he did. It would have been pretty fun to hang out with Jesus. He went to a party, the wine ran out. He said, oh, go get those jars and fill them up with some bath water and then start pouring it out for the guests. And, and they're just like pouring it out and the guests are like, ooh-hoo, Chateau Lafitte, 45. BC, that is. Um, so there was his miracles, but there was also his love for the marginalized, feeding the hungry, healing the sick, and ultimately laying his life down for us. Jesus said, greater love has no one, uh, greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends. Time magazine described Jesus as the most persistent symbol of purity, selflessness, and love in the history of humanity. His enemies could find no fault, and his friends who really knew him well said, this guy is without sin. The real test of character is when we're under, when we're under pressure. 
And Jesus, when he was being tortured, said this about his torturers, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And then the final small but significant part is his conquest of death. This is the cornerstone of Christianity. It's so relevant to every single person here because statistically speaking, one in one die. There was a headline in The Onion, a satirical magazine, that says, world death rate holding steady at 100%. And that's the reality. So when we look at what Jesus claimed about himself, the first part of the argument, um, it's clear that Jesus did claim to be a man whose identity, identity was God. Was he deluded? Was he a fraud? When you look at the evidence of his teaching, the things that he did, his character, his fulfillment of prophecy, his resurrection, it seems to be absurd, illogical, and unbelievable to say that he was insane or a fraud. On the other hand, it provides the strongest possible supporting evidence that what Jesus said about himself was true. When I look at all this, and when I think about the evidence that has been left to us through the life of Jesus, I can't help but feel relieved. Relieved that I'm not just following some newspaper tabloid that has no substance or even any truth. Relieved that with time, my mind can play catch-up to my heart, and I can truly understand why I have my faith. Whilst I don't know if I'll ever be prepared enough to face the onslaught of questions and statements from non-believers who do what they can to test my faith, there's comfort in knowing that my faith isn't a blind one, that Jesus lived, died, and came back to life to point us towards a faith and belief in God. Would you like to join with me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, you sent us your Son so that we could understand who you are. Thank you for, for Jesus and for the things that he did, and thank you for your word that points us towards him and towards you. I pray that um, as, as we look deeper into Scripture and we, as we look into the life of Jesus, I pray that we find more about who you are, God, and I thank you for everyone today that um, we have the chance to learn a bit more about you and to grow closer and closer to you. Thank you for all you do, Lord, and... Thank you for your son who you gave to us, who lived, who died, and who rose again. In Jesus' name, amen.